0: all right so this is gonna be the first podcast for you guys It's gonna be a breakdown of the green bay packers i'm gonna bring in my buddy stephen fulton better known as fulton a little bit later on in the podcast after i give you guys my takes so stay tuned should be a good one thanks nine to five sports best plays best value best results and here's your host Finn dawson that's me let's go So I do want to start doing a weekly podcast here. So I'm going to be going over the Green Bay Packers in this podcast. And these podcasts will be pretty much a one take. So uh, if there's little complications here, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, these will be mostly just fantasy football podcasts. I already put a video up there for the Green Bay Packers uh, for the fantasy football on YouTube. So this is pretty much just going to be to supplement that. Um, as you guys know, I like to keep my YouTube videos nice and short, so this one will be kind of a little bit longer um, podcast. Obviously, with podcasts, you can uh, tend to make it a little bit longer, elaborate on your takes, so, so let's get into it. We're going to start off with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, so as a lot of you guys know, uh, Aaron Rodgers did struggle last year, but um, one of the things I touched on in the video is he only had six starts, Okay. And six starts earned is what I mean. And for starts earned, it's pretty much the amount of times a quarterback had over 15 uh, fantasy points. So Aaron Rodgers only had six weeks with that. Um, the one thing I do want to note is that Aaron Rodgers did have a tougher schedule last year. Um, that, I don't think that should go discounted. Um, and obviously, if Aaron Rodgers does get a you know easy matchup, he's going to go off and you know, perform. Uh, we saw that a lot last year, actually. The matchups that were easy, he was able to go off and do well. Let me pull those up here real quick. Um, but just as a whole, you know, he was a lot like Tom Brady last year, where he wasn't trying to force stuff. He was, you know, just going by the game plan, uh, doing what he needs to do for his team to get the win, and I think that's why the Packers were highly successful. Sure, he wasn't playing like you know Aaron Rodgers would typically play, um, but he was you know playing well because they were able to get the win, and I think that's all that matters. He's focusing on that more than he is his stats, like he probably used to in the in the past quite a bit. All right, so I got his game log pulled up here. Um, so if you just look at it, you know, Chicago, this first game, Chicago was a great defense last year. Then the Vikings, they're a solid defense as well. Uh, you go to week four again, well, then week three against Denver, only 13 fantasy points. You know, those are all three tough matchups, okay? I don't even know if we would have been starting Aaron Rodgers in those weeks. We could have found better quarterbacks to stream and easier matchups those weeks. Then we get Philadelphia. He had 25 points. We know Philadelphia was really struggling at that time with their secondary, so it was, he was able to exploit that matchup. And then we go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, that 40-point performance was a little bit shocking, but obviously they weren't that good then. Then we go to Kansas City. He had 27 uh, fancy points that week. Kansas City really did struggle, especially in the middle of the season with their defense, so that wasn't surprising at all that he went off against them. And then the New York Giants, he had 28 fancy points in that one. That wasn't surprising. And then the Detroit Lions, he had 19 fancy points. Um I know that was kind of a weird game with Detroit, but you look at the matchups that he really struggled in. Uh, the only one that was really shocking was Washington, where he only had eleven fantasy points. That was the really only a like, true shocking one, where it's like, wow, that was bad. Um, San Francisco, he only had nine as well. So um, we know the matchup should get a little bit easier this week, or this year, um, a little bit. I'm not going to say it's not going to it's it's going to be tough still, but overall, it should be a better. You know, matchup ranking as total. They are playing a first place. Um, division you know schedule so that will be tough but it's just hard to imagine that it is going to be more tough for him on a week-to-week basis with those matchups a lot of those matchups that I touched on were matchups that we wouldn't have been starting him in we would have tried to have streamed a different quarterback and I think that's the overall point that I'm trying to make is that a lot of times with quarterbacks you can find a better one to stream with and some weeks that will actually be Aaron Rodgers so I'm not saying that we, we have to go out and draft Aaron Rodgers. You know, he might be a fine late round flyer. Obviously, if the matchup's favorable, we do want to start him because it's freaking Aaron Rodgers and he could go off on any week. Um, next, let's get into running back Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones, he finished as the RB2 last year. Um, most people will try to tell you that it was a fluky season just because of his uh, touchdowns. He had 19, which was the most um, for a running back with that uh, touch total. I mean, essentially, it's it's really tough to imagine a running back scoring, you know, 15-plus touchdowns with only, you know, 260 um, touches, essentially. Most of the time – or, yeah, 285. Most of the time, a running back will have to hit 300 total touches for them to get up to that touchdown amount. So I do obviously expect the touchdown ratios to regress back a little bit. That's, you know, that's not going to shock us at all. Um. But I still think he could be, you know, a solid running back for us this year, and I don't really see a reason why not to draft him, especially in the late first round. Maybe early second. If we can get in in the early second, that'd be ideal. I'm pulling up his game log here for you guys as well. But throw of all point with uh, Aaron Jones is one: the Packers do not want to overextend him too much. They are going to limit the amount of touches he has on a weekly basis now if jamal williams does get injured or whatnot or the rb2 in that offense gets injured then we can expect aaron jones to go off and have a good week what was it the week that jamal williams was injured uh was against dallas and he was a lock for us for the captain spot that week in dfs he went off for 45 um fancy points in a half point ppr league you know that was an easy start just because jamal williams was out but you know Aaron Jones had some monster weeks where he went out and just absolutely won you the week, but he also had some weeks where he didn't do that. You look at week one against the Bears, 4.4 points. Uh, You look at week six against Detroit, only six. Against the Chargers, 3.4. Against San Francisco, 3.8. And then against the New York Giants, 5.1. Now, I don't know if we would have been starting him against San Francisco, but other than that, you know, those were all other matchups that we should have been starting in him. in. so he did kind of kill you some weeks, but he also made up for it in a bunch of other weeks as well. And for a late round running back late first round running back, I think he's doing enough for us to go out and justify that pick. Um, I mean, the only real worry with him is potentially getting injured, but I don't really think we have to worry about that too much more than we would any other running back, especially this year. I do expect Jamal Williams to be the backup running back for now, um, but I do expect the Packers to go out and draft a rookie running back. So this is all just kind of me, you know, basing off of the beat writers and whatnot from the Green Bay Packers. But I do expect Packers to get a rookie running back. And eventually, I would expect that rookie running back to take over Jamal Williams' uh, RB2 job. And they also did sign back Tyler Irvin, who is also very explosive running back. So maybe if Aaron Jones even gets injured, they might just roll with Tyler Irvin, who is just really explosive running back there, and have Jamal Williams come in and you know supplement Tyler Irvin if Jones gets injured. So I don't think we have to go out and draft Jamal Williams. He's only going to be handcuffed right now. And I'm not sure the upside that Jamal Williams will have, because I don't think he'll be the sole benefactor if Aaron Jones does get injured. So moving on to the receivers here, um, Devontae Adams, we know who Devontae Adams is. He is a beast. Over the last four years, he's been the most consistent receiver, averaging 14.8 fantasy points per game and a half point PPR league. Uh, last year, he saw six or more targets in every game but one. And over the last five years, he's only seen five games total where he didn't see six or more targets. That definitely echoes why he's been you know, the most consistent receiver over that time span or over the last four years. The, if you can predict six or more targets each week for a receiver, there's no way you don't start them. It's just too hard to avoid that. I like to look for a receiver that's getting around six or seven targets each and every week or on the season because it's kind of like touches. If a running back's getting 15-plus you know, touches, you want to target that running back because touches equal points for the most part. And for receivers, it's targets equals points. Devonta Adams has definitely proved that. Now, sure, he had a little bit lackluster a year last year due to his injury, but I think he should be locked into a top five fantasy receiver this year if he's going to be healthy again this year. So there's no reason not to draft him. I could see us taking him in the late first round. I do think his ADP could fall a little bit because he had a little bit of a lackluster year last year. But we look at the receiver number twos around him, Alan Lazard, and they brought in Devin Funches. Now they're going to be fighting for that fantasy receiver number two spot in that offense. But I'm just not sure how much of them, how e- how much either of them will have value wise this season. Alan Lazard, tip pop. And I do want to mention Alan Lazard. He was a guy that I think it was two years ago. We touched on him a lot for preseason DFS when he was with the Jaguars. And the Jaguars just did an excellent job <laughs> with their receiving core uh, like two or three years ago. They're kind of all over the league right now and doing really well. Um, I mean, who's ever been in charge of drafting those receivers needs to get a bump. You look at Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, you know, those are guys that were like receiver, like top 20 fantasy receivers when they were there. Now they bring in some new receivers that are also just looking good there right now. That's more of a side point. I'm just really giving a shout out to the Jaguars there, but for the Packers season, Lazard and Funches both kind of do the same thing as well. You know, they're big body receivers that can probably go up and get some touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. They might steal some red zone touch um, targets from Devonta Adams. Devonta Adams had 18 last year. The top out red zone targets person, I think it was Tyler Lockett at 23, which is really surprising in a hole. <laughs> Tyler Lockett had one of the top target amounts, red zone targets amounts. But I do expect the Packers to go out and draft a receiver, so we have to wait and see on this. If there is a receiver number two that pops up and is fantasy relevant, I would expect it to be a rookie receiver that they go out and draft or Allen Lazard. I don't think it'll be Devin Funches unless the Packers get really banged up at that position. And then lastly, getting into Jay Sternberger, who seems like he's going to be the uh, Packers tight end number one, he could actually have some fantasy relevance because there's news breaking out that he might operate out of the slot. Um, so, he's a guy that is on my radar right now. He's a guy that I'd be looking at to draft as a late round flyer. And a guy that, even in best balls, I'd be willing to take, like in the last round. Um, if the news on him starts building in training camp and in the preseason, yeah, I might look to draft him a round or two before the end of the draft. Now, he's going to be a late round flyer no matter what because the Packers never really have a tight end that's useful in uh, fantasy football. And then another thing I do want to touch on, we're just going to go over the Packers' um, betting odds, essentially, kind of what it's looking like for them this season. It's Something I do want to start doing a little bit more over and under is win totals and whatnot. Um, and for the Packers, I was a little bit surprised at how the general public was viewing them. So, obviously, last year they had a 13-3 and record last year. And a lot of people say that record was kind of fluky and that they were the worst 13-3 and team to ever be a top-four team in the league, which, sure, I could see why people try to say that with how they won games. They really just weren't used to Rodgers playing like Brady, essentially. Those people are used to Rodgers trying to go out and win the game rather than Rodgers laying the rest of the team win the game, essentially. Now, their win total is set at 9.5. <clears throat> I would definitely bet that the over for that. I think 11 wins is not out of the picture for them. I think 10 wins would be easy to predict for them this year. Uh, for the division, it's plus 140. The next team after that is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I do think the Packers are going to win the division pretty easily this year. Uh, for the conference, it's plus 700. Now, I do see them you know, being right around where they were last year. Obviously, I would say that the Niners would take a little bit of a step back this year. And I think that the Packers are going to make another step forward. You'd look at, I think San Francisco would be a good example. You look at uh, the Eagles pretty much when the coach gets acclimated to the system with all their players in place, they really take the next stride that previous or the next season. You look at Sean McVay as well. You know, those are all coaches that really took the next step. Um, once their philosophy was grabbed onto by the whole team and by the quarterback. So, um, with the Packers head coach getting a second year in there with the rest of the team getting the second year with that head coach in that system as well. I do think the Packers will take another step forward this year. Now, that might not show in their record, but I do think it will show an overall performance. Their Super Bowl odds are plus 1,000. Now, they are one of the teams I would bet on to win the Super Bowl. I just don't really like those odds too much, so I am really to the point in doing that unless you're trying to maybe do some sort of parlay. All right, so I just got done giving you guys my takes on it. We're going to bring in my buddy, uh, Stephen Fulton, who plays in the Fantasy Football League called the Jazz Club with us. Um, Fulton has a pretty interesting style. Um, he's one of those guys where I admire his free agent finds because they're guys that no one really wants to pick up, but they're always guys that go off and do well for the short period of time that he needs them. He's always able to find you know that missing piece in his roster. And that always helps him win. And he's always in the playoffs, which kind of makes everyone else <laughs> in the league a little bit more mad than it should. Um, but uh, you want to give him a shout out there, at Fulton? Uh, no, it's you know it's good, obviously, to
1: be on here. Appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, when it comes to my free agency fines, that's, uh, <laughs> that's typically because half of the time my team is always on IR. So, yeah, my season <laughs> does not go how I plan it. But, again, that's where you're always going to win, right? We always say that when you're going into any type of season, even if it's a DFS or a game that's coming up, everything that's going to be in there and there's low play buys. And then along with anyone that you're really not thinking about,
0: that's where you start winning leagues. So I you know, said. it's a season long league that you play week to week, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so the one thing that I like about our fancy league too, is that I feel like it's a pretty strong group. I feel like if any one of us went into like a random league, we'd most likely win or at least, be top three you got you feel that way too well yeah no so i did that this year i went into a high stakes
1: um league where i was taking over it was it was a pretty moderate buy-in to get in um it was a dynasty league that well no it was one player retained so you you picked whoever you still had at that draft position i think i told you a little Mm -hmm. bit about this but um i came into it i didn't have a keeper going into the next year and Unfortunately, at that point, everyone you kept the actual keeper that you, where you drafted him in that round. So let's say I got Alvin Kamara on the year that he broke out with the Saints. If I got him in the you know eighth round or ninth round, that's where you got Alvin Kamara going in forever as long as you wanted to retain him. So I was at a pretty big disadvantage. But going into oh, yeah, that right, season, yeah, so going into it's not fun when you're brand new, but um, – <laughs> No, I was able to get into the playoffs in that one. I didn't end up falling short just because of injuries again. But I also made a trade for David Johnson, which did not work out that well. But (laughs) (laughs) – because, you know, I I had him in ours. But, um, you know, I thought that he would be coming back after that year. But either way, no, it's – other leagues I've seen – the moves that I make, I have seen them work pretty well, um, both from a betting standpoint. So – It's it's easier to make moves in other leagues
0: is what I noticed.
1: Yeah, when we all know how each other plays, we all know who we're going for now at this point. That's like, true.
0: That's true. <laughs> so, so that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring in, you know, people from the Jazz Club, which is the Fantasy Football League. Um, Everyone has kind of a, just a different playing style, and that's something I think that will be effective for the podcast. So let's get started off here. Kind of what's your overall take on the Green Bay Packers as a whole?
1: Um, Going into this year, I think you have – a lot more opportunity, hopefully, with having uh, the new coach be in there for the second year. Um, they're running West Coast, so I don't think that it should be too big of a transition for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the offense was that crazy from what Mike McCarthy was running. Um, the biggest thing that, again, the number one question going into it, again, this year is going to be those wide receivers. You have, besides Devontae Adams and maybe MVS, you have people like Alan Lazard. Or really, when you keep going down that actual roster, you start to see people that you don't know one, what their tangibles are, and if how much game time or snaps that they've actually had. So realistically, going into this year, they have a pretty decent strength of schedule, I would say. I was telling you a little bit about this, but you have a lot of in-conference moves regarding the secondaries for the Bears, Detroit, so on and so forth. You have a lot more opportunities. So I think ultimately it's going to come down to whether or not they can execute on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. you echoed on um, some of the things I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier is that um, the strength of schedule should be a little bit easier for them this year. Last year was a lot tougher, when, especially when you looked at it week to week. It hopefully should get a little bit easier. It does look like it is going to be on paper. And then as well, it's just those passing targets. They need to find who's gonna be the next one that steps up. They try to make it with Jimmy Gra make it work with Jimmy Graham and it just it didn't really work. <laughs> that worked, yeah. <laughs> I mean I think adding Devin Funches, I think,
1: will help. It depends on how he comes off that injury from leaving Carolina, but um, just another I, big body. They that's what you know, that's what they need. They need someone that can run the drag or that can run the short narrow slant that it's going to be a quick release for Rogers because you don't know what's going to happen on that line with Balaga leaving as well. I think the best person that you have on there is Lindsay, I think their center that's returning that at least I find notable on an offensive line standpoint. So I don't know. They, the yeah. quick release has got to be, they have to work on the quick release this year. This year you have people that, <laughs> that, that run. So
0: that's been a big problem for them. It seems like the last five years is that they really haven't been hitting on those short quick passes uh, last year they did get a little bit better, um, but like you said, and I think I touched on a little bit earlier, it's like this is going to be the second year for the head coach for that team in this offense, so they should be a little bit better. You'd think that they'd take you know the next step going forward is essentially what we're hoping for. Um, but let's let's get into the quarterback. We'll touch on Aaron Rodgers. So one of my biggest takeaways was that you know he was quarterback nine. And one of the things I like to look at is starts earned and which for me for the quarterback is 15 plus. I don't know. I you probably see me touch on this on our uh Facebook chat or our league chat. Um starts earned for me is 15 plus for a quarterback. It's uh 10 plus in a half point PPR for receiver and running back and then 8 plus for a tight end um in half point PPR league. Um so for Aaron Rodgers, he only had 6 weeks where he had 15 plus or more in a standard, you know, league. So for him to finish quarterback nine, it was kind of surprising. And that's kind of why I like to look at week to week is because, or starts earned is because sometimes you can have like a 25, 30, 40 point performance that really elevates your whole season. Um, so kind of what's your take on Aaron Rodgers? Do you think that he will be a top 10 quarterback? And if so, will he have a better fantasy year for people? Um, I mean, I think –
1: you had the outliers last year, right? You had like his, whatever, like the 47 point game that he had um, prior. And then it was, it was a lot of up and down. And the problem that you were facing with Rogers was you didn't see um, the fluidity when he was running. Right. Like you didn't see, you didn't see his 12 yard runs out of bounds. Boom. There's 1.2. You didn't get, um, you didn't get a lot of, again, the short, the short end game passing because, either with Devontae Adams having his turf toe or obviously the offensive line just getting shredded because he can't stand back there for five seconds, six seconds. It's not going to happen. So um, realistically this year, hopefully with everyone being healthy uh, with the addition of Funches, I could see him going over. It just depends too. With that strength of schedule, you may be seeing it as well. that They may be running the ball a lot more. So I think there's a lot of variability that you could have. In my end, this year going into it, I would consider Rodgers being risky. But um, again, it's you know that can change just based on the lookout of the actual conference itself. So um, would I project him to be top ten? Mm, no, I don't think I would. I think there's no. better options that you can get because he's going to command a high draft pick just because of his outlier games last year, right? Whether you're doing mm-hmm and if you're paying in for dfs it's going to be expensive because they're always going to rate him high and the same way that you're going to do it with if you're doing any type of snake draft or anything like that he's going to be up there as well um, again just based upon those outliers i think the numbers were very very mistelling last year and i think people need to yeah, understand not, that that he is not he is not going to be the above 15 point I mean, it's it's kind it's it's so weird to say that you don't think Aaron Rodgers could be consistently above <laughs> every, every game, but I I don't know I I wouldn't do it if it was me I I am not looking at Aaron Rodgers as being a top ten.
0: So I think what we're both trying to say here is that. Yes, there's going to be weeks where we would definitely want to go out and pick him up. It's just right now we don't know exactly what those weeks are. Um, we'd just rather pick him up off the waiver wire than hold on to him on our roster. Is that is that essentially wrapping up what you're saying there too?
1: There's a lot more value that you'd have that would demand the same amount of either cash for him or the draft position. I think you can get someone by with someone who's a little bit more sneaky than Aaron Rodgers.
0: I agree. And my thing too is like the ADP with him will probably be quarterback 12 or so. Um, if that, it might be seven through 12. I, you know, I'm not really sure just yet that changes so much, but I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable taking him. There is my general census of that. All right. So let's segue into the running back, Aaron Jones, and we'll touch on Jamal Williams as well. Uh, so my overall take on it was that I think Aaron Jones is going to be, you know, a top 10 running back. Once again, I'm perfectly fine with taking him in the first round. Obviously his touchdowns are going to come down quite a bit. And then on the other side of it, I just don't think that Jamal Williams is going to be as big of a factor as he is last year. And I know you can touch on Jamal a little bit more. I think you he was one of your free agent finds where you used him quite a bit for like a good four or three week stretch there. Um, but I think. And then I traded him for Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones and then Jamal Williams? Um, I mean, Aaron Jones last year, where well, he had 22
1: touchdowns, he was dependent on that. But, but I mean, I mean, do you know off the top of your head how many hundred-yard games that he had, and then what
0: his? I'll, will pull it up right now. Okay. So he had one. All right, total or rushing? Uh, no, you do. T- I would do total, right? I mean, I think that's more realistic. Yep. Okay. Yep. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So six, and actually, all the times that he had a hundred yards rushing, they're all the times he didn't have any other where he had. You know, 50 yards rushing and 50 yards receiving so every time he had 100 yards rushing was essentially a good passing game for him as well which is kind yeah. of shocking uh, yeah
1: it is uh with aaron jones what i like about him is that you typically see him falling forward you don't see when he gets after first contact right like he is typically falling forward and gaining that two three extra yards every single time i think since like what 2016 he ranks in like top 10 when it comes uh, yards after first contact, the biggest thing that I would say again, you're going to see the number go down in touchdowns. That's just that's going to happen. There's no way that anyone can sustain that. Um, you have a bigger issue similar with Aaron Rodgers is the is that offensive line. You don't know they run they're going to run inside zone. I mean that's what they do when they use Aaron, they use Aaron Jones typically if that because they rely on Corey Lindsay to push out. So. I, if they don't, if they are not able to get those two guard positions working well around Lindsey, I don't see how Aaron Jones is going to be as reliable in the inside zone run. They're going to have to force him outside, or they're going to have to set him up with screens. Um, and that's the kind of the problem that you have with that, where Jamal Williams kind of comes into the play is he's going to cannibalize on that. Um, I still I would 100% still pick him because you know he's Aaron Jones has been freed. I mean how many times did you hear people say that for Aaron Jones, right? But at this point they <laughs> they they trust him. He's going to get the ball. Um so he's a threat when it comes to receiving as well, so I to me the outlook is good. Um you don't have any risk when it comes to injury if you're looking at it from season long and DFS you might be a little bit more expensive, but Again, it's, it's. I mean, they typically they're going only to him when they get to goal line.
0: Yeah, which is really shocking as well. You look at uh, Aaron Jones only had what was it? I don't like three touchdowns in the passing game, and Jamal Williams had five. And I would say that Aaron Jones is the better pass catcher. I just think Jamal Williams is just much more consistent as a player than Aaron Jones. But I I, I do agree with what you're saying there. Where would you be um, happy taking Aaron Jones at? Like ADP. Um, yep <laughs> uh
1: it, it just depends it depends what goes ahead of him because you're gonna have would you would would you classify him as like being one of the premier backs? no would you uh, i I'd probably place him around like fifteen to twenty because you know he's like that okay. you have the biggest problem with the same thing if people are gonna be narrow minded when it comes to how many touchdowns he had and looked at that number specifically, that's gonna be an issue. Half of those games, they got up by a ton, and they were using Jamal Williams a lot more in the short passing game, and then they were still giving opportunities because he was. It was still like it was almost not three to one when it came to the actual like ratio of each one touching the ball, but um,
0: it was pretty close to that for a yeah. while there, for sure. And that's what
1: eventually when they started going up on some of those games again, where Aaron Rodgers had his crazy three games where he was number one three weeks in a row or whatever it was. Um, you had that problem where Aaron Jones took the nosedive and then you also had it too, where he was getting those passing touchdowns and Then he was basically done for the rest of the game. So I don't know. Um, again, I, when I look at it, if you're looking at it from a season long perspective, Aaron Jones doesn't get hurt. So for me, yeah. I, that is where you're going to get your value out of these players, because if they can go, week if they're a gamer and they go week to week, it's going to help you in the long run. So um yeah, I would place some 15 to 20. But again, that's going to be high because of the fact of people looking at how many touchdowns he had, just realize that, that number is going to go go down. Hopefully his average yards per game will go up a little bit. Again, in his yards after contacts is very good, so I would just focus on that and he doesn't get hurt.
0: Yep, I you know, uh, just to emphasize on that a little bit more. Uh, just looking at Jamal Williams, let's I'm just going to go through it real quick so like Weeks two through essentially 13, uh, his lowest point total was uh, 6.3, um, which is pretty fine. Uh, but I think that that's going to go down a little bit more. And I think Aaron Jones is going to see a little bit more consistency because of that. I think they're going to give Aaron Jones a little bit more touches this year and take away a little bit more from Jamal Williams, um, which should lead to Aaron Jones hopefully being a little bit more consistent rather than the little bit of a roller coaster ride that he was last year. Um, So let's touch on the receivers here. We already touched on this a little bit. Um, They got to step up. They got to have, you know, Alan Lazard or Devin Funches step up. But let's touch on uh, Devontae Adams a little bit more. Um, I have him rated as someone I'm fine taking in the late first, early second. Obviously, he got injured last year with uh, that turf toe that you mentioned. But I don't think that's going to be as big of a factor this year. I typically like to just project players to play a full season unless there are injury concerns. Going into preseason. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Devontae Adams?
1: His hands are ridiculous, right? Like, if you're pretty much throwing it to him, as long as it's on point, he's going to catch the ball. Um, the biggest thing that you have, it's kind of like that council where Aaron, Aaron Rodgers trusts him. That, that's who they're going to go to. The, the offense, the, that offense is going to revolve around him, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. So, realistically, it's going to be anything that complements him is that they are the ones that are going to have to step up and hopefully force not. Team to not double Devontae Adams, um, even if they put you know a corner on him and then safety over help or over the head help, or if it's going to be anything on the inside, if anything on the inside when he's running any of those slants or any of those drags, um, you're not going to have a linebacker spying on him. But um, I think as sure as things go, I think Devontae Adams is one of them. Right? Like there's certain players that you have in certain key positions that you trust no matter what. Michael Thomas being mm-hmm. one of them. You have if you go to tight end, Travis Kelsey. Um, not even it's kind of fell off of that now. But um Drew
0: yeah, Hopkins while he was in Houston.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a whole like another situation. I don't know how that's gonna work. But I'm um, <laughs> yeah. like I said, if you if you're looking at Devontae Adams and you're you're an eyeball on him to potentially take this year, or if you're gonna look at him weekly in DFS, you know what you're paying for. You're paying a premium for something that you're expecting to get, you know, at least twelve points out of each game. I. There's he's gonna get the ball. I mean, he's gonna how many times is he averaging per game six catches? I mean, realistically, it's like out of the games that he played last, the only thing that pigeonholes Devonte Adams last year was that turf toe. And what that's the second time he's gotten injured. So I wouldn't be too concerned about it if it was me. If you can try and get him for lower, if you start to see him drop, it's because people are concerned about the injury. Turf toe is something that is recoverable from, it's not something that ling like it lingers obviously throughout the season but it's not something that affects your play after or going into another season. So I would not be concerned about
0: that. Yeah. So you kind of touched on it as well. The injury concerns, I'm not really too worried about that. That should be gone. Um, It's kind of a fluke injury. Everyone gets injured here and there. Uh, You mentioned his receptions as well. That's something I didn't touch on too much uh, during the podcast earlier. I did mention his targets. Um, There was only one week last year year where he had less than six targets and only five or it's only happened five times in the last five years where he didn't see six or more targets in a game which to me is insane you know that's that's really hard to imagine uh, but his reception totals there's only uh, three weeks last year and this is out of 12 where he didn't see six or more receptions as a whole and that just kind of sums up how consistent Devontae Adams is as a receiver but on the flip side of that you kind of mentioned something that I find a little bit interesting it's like if another receiver stops up, whether it's Alan Lazard, whether it's MBS, whether it's Devin Funches or a receiver that they pick up in the draft, it should only help Devontae Adams. It's going to free him up a little bit more and whatnot. Um, what Do you have any take? Are you leaning towards any receiver in particular that it could be, or do you think it would be you know, a rookie receiver that you would try to look at that they pick up in the draft?
1: Receiver standpoint, I don't think the Packers are going to go for a receiver. They, already, they, have, they have depth. The issue is, is that they don't have another standout player. They're looking for a compliment player, right? They're looking for a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin. Obviously, that's the best receiving pair that you can have this, this year coming up. So, But they're looking yep. for someone else that can compliment. And I think, realistically, what you saw throughout all of next or all of last year, you saw Lazard stepping up quite a bit more. You saw MVS was very streaky. And that was the concern that I consistently had with him is, you know, he could have 160 yards, but it could be on three catches. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. – and he has two touchdowns. But and that would be one out of two games. But then people will consistently be hyped on n v s when really, realistically, when you're looking at that depth chart, it's Devontae Adams and then it's everybody else. There's no order. Like there's literally no order of these players that are coming in. And snap count, It's yeah. that, is, that first game is you, you're going to know – really quick who is where on that depth chart and you're going to see it switch consistently week from week, depending upon who's hot. You had MDS who played for two games. That was doing really well. Then you would switch. You had Lazard after he got the the game winning touchdown. He was going like to Detroit or someone um, when Mason Crosby made that kick in Lambeau. Um, I think that that was Lazard who caught that, but that was Aaron Rodgers was
0: eyeballing him the whole time on that go route. So um, yeah, it, it really comes down to which receiver is going to have Aaron Rodgers' trust. And you're right, that did kind of flip-flop throughout the whole yeah. season last year, it, which was kind of random, and you can't really predict who's going to have it's, his trust.
1: It's, well. is, like, it's, his, it's his position to lose. Like, he's coming in. he's a starter. It is. If he's That's not going to get that second, if he's not going to be the second outside wide receiver or if he's going to play slot, I, I mean, I would move him into the slot. He's a big body wide receiver. He's the second biggest wide receiver on the team. I don't know why if you're not throwing him into the slot just as a reception person, because God knows you don't have a tight end, that's what you should do. Curious so. that you
0: bring that up because uh there's been reports this week about their tight end, their quote unquote starter, film starter, Jay Sternberger, he's gonna be operating out of the slot this season, which I find that strange and interesting. But for me, if there's gonna be a tight end that's operating out of the slot a majority of the time, I'm a little bit interested. Uh for the Packers tight ends they typically aren't a factor. Really, at all, Jimmy Graham dropped a lot of touchdowns last year where he maybe could have been last year. Um, yeah. but you know, my overall take on like Jay Sternberger or maybe a tight end that they maybe bring in through the draft is we got to see what the preseason hype is, we got to kind of watch the preseason, see the training camp news come through, and maybe they can be a late round flyer because if they are going to be operating on the slot like that. Sure, there will be some weeks where we can start them. Um, But overall, I don't really have a good feeling about the Packers tight ends because historically they haven't been great. Do you have any feelings on the Packers tight end? I mean, there has to be a passing target, number two, that steps up in the offense, whether it's a receiver, running back, or tight end. I'm just not sure if it's the tight end. What about you? I mean, look at
1: the the tight ends that they have on. The only other mentionable person is Mercedes Lewis, and he – is a blocking tight end. Like you're not going to have. Yeah, he does
0: pretty well last year, but he's not fancy.
1: No, he's not relevant at all. It's super. It's very extreme when he ever gets the ball. But there's no, there's no one there in that position that could complement anyone on that offensive line or complement any of the wide receivers to try and pull and suck some of the linebackers in that can go to or pull a safety from him to man mark him instead of having it being double teamed on Devonte Adams. And that's kind of what's going to hurt his value is that it's the same thing that would happen last year. They're like, okay, I don't know who this guy is. We'll just single mark. We'll just man mark him. And you just go ahead. You run press on him. If he gets by you, he gets by you. But hopefully our offensive line or our defensive line is rushing him by then. Um, I don't know. I, you have you have 50 million in cap room and they're not going out and getting anyone. It's high end. It's crazy. You have people like Delaney Walker that are still available that you're not going to touch on. Who's Yeah, he deals with injuries, injury prone. But at the same time, too, if you have four or five tight ends on the roster, have them play only fifty percent.
0: Like that's that's all you have to do. But um, and maybe maybe they are just trying to drive the market down on one of those tight ends a little bit more and pick them up a little bit later on when their price is driven down a little bit more. Um, there are a good number of tight ends out there that could be fantasy relevant. I do agree with that. yeah.
1: It's just. Um,
0: would be interesting.
1: They just need the hands. They need someone who can. They need someone else. And it's, it's not like you're running West Coast again. You're going to run trips on the left, trips on the right, or you're going to be running a two set with one on the other side. Re- realistically, those routes aren't going to be big. It's either going to be anything close to the center of the field with a quick release from Rogers, and you know he's accurate, you'd still throw it, or it's going to be something super super far down the field. Whether it's like a divide play if he's going to go run a skinny post or a skinny corner. That's all that you're asking out of these tight ends. Now, obviously, shifting your body weight that fast is extremely hard, but I mean, tight ends nowadays are so athletic that if they did want to pull someone out of the draft, that's probably the position that I would look at. Obviously, linemen, and then I would look at tight ends if
0: I was the Packers. Yeah, but the thing for fantasy purposes is we typically don't see a tight end step up in their rookie year. It typically takes a year or two, which is why I'm a little bit eerie on kind of the Packers tight end situation as a whole. Um, so fast yeah, exa- no exactly, Hawkerson no well, for, uh, Detroit last year, you know, he's super inconsistent, but we know he's going to be a star or a stud eventually, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to happen. Eventually it's just tough to predict, um, during their rookie season. And then kind of the last thing I want to touch on is just, I want to do more betting content on here. So, um, we're looking at the, Packers odds for win, win totals, it's 9.5 right now. I think I saw, I forget where I saw that, maybe on ESPN or something. Do you think they're over and under for that? What do you think? Go over. The strength
1: of schedule is just, I, oh. I don't, I mean, I know that there's a lot of issues with the Packers, but it's like going in and figuring the AFC East, right? Like I, at the, t, the, the strength of the schedule is not there to where I would be overly concerned about it. And you still have as many knocks as we're saying on, the Packers offense I think you still have a team that was was there last year right and that's that's his first year going into it in a newer system similar to McCarthy's but a little bit more quicker released so realistically yeah you have another year for that whole conference to see his offense but
0: um I would definitely go over from a betting standpoint definitely over 9.5 yeah I agree there as well. I, I I was thinking like 11, maybe 10, but yeah, I thought 9.5 was too low. Uh, they have, I guess, ranked the division on how you think that they will finish because right now uh, the odds have it. Packers and then Vikings, Bears, and Detroit. I guess how do you see it? Um,
1: yeah, I don't see – I mean, the problem with the Vikings is that – they're, they lost Stefan Diggs, but they still have a powerful offense with Dalvin Cook and everything. And they're they're injury prone though too. Um, no, I would agree with what they're projecting. I would, with that projection, I would say the Packers on top, and the Vikings, then the Bears, and then I would go with the Lions. The Lions don't. I
0: mean, they don't. I don't even. <laughs>
1: there's really no one on there that Darius Slay's gone. I, it's, you know, you don't have a running back. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions are. I won't be surprised if the Lions are better than they were last year. I could see them being like a seven and nine mm-hmm. team. Um but um I do think the Bears could take a leap. Um weren't they pretty injured last year? I remember off the top of my head, but I just feel like they're a team that's due to be a little bit better than they were last year. So I don't know. A lot of the times with you know teams it's it's essentially who which team stays the most healthy is the who's going to win the division and then typically we'll see a wild card team come in and get hot um whether that's the vikings or bears i can see one of those two making the playoffs but i think we're both agreeing that the backers should win the division, division. yeah they
1: should win the division um i think the bears have a lot more opportunity for growth it's it was shown i think i think you have a stud and Allen robinson you lose the compliment of Taylor Gabriel, but um, realistically, it gives more opportunity for other people. Real, th- their question is quarterback position. It has been ever since they drafted Trubitsky. Yeah. So, um, their line, they had a few people retire on the line as well. So, I don't know. But the way of that initially, with it being Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, that's how I would go if you're going to go on over-ending betting. Yeah. Sense, right? I, if, I, if you're going on over-ending betting, though, um, I could see all those teams being eight wins. Um, but definitely the packers should be yeah it's not and hard and to remember sure.
0: yep i agreed there so i guess we'd both say that we'd bet on the packers to win the division uh they're the i think they were the second highest team to win uh the conference would you agree with that or do you think you would rank them as like the third or fourth best team or the best team um,
1: i would do like third i would do second or third i it's not yeah. So Again, they don't jump off paper at you, right? There's they're and you see inconsistencies on all of those positions. Whether it is a running back with have you don't have yeah you yeah, have Jamal Williams as the backup, but he's a pass catcher. Like yeah, he can run down the middle a little bit, but he's not going to get that snap count. I don't think that you're going to have. The question is with there's a lot of questions going into it, but would I consider them the second? No, I would probably do like third. That's
0: where I would be comfortable to put him at. Yeah. Yeah, they they do need to be more consistent as a team. I think that was the biggest knock on them. And then the last thing here is uh, Super Bowl odds, they were plus 1,000. I forget what they were ranked as. I think it was like fourth or the fifth highest team. I guess if you were to bet on three teams to win the Super Bowl, would the Packers Mm -hmm. be one of them? That pretty much sums it up. Um, So that's all for it. Uh, Thanks, uh, Fulton, for coming on. Uh, It was a good um,
1: podcast. Of course, man. I appreciate it. Um, Obviously, anything for me, just let me know. And then, uh, any other teams? If you want me to get some, if you want to have a little bit of highlights on, you know, I got the Jags. I can always help you with that. But um, no, have you covered the Florida teams? My boy DJ stepping up. My boy DJ stepping up. DJ Chart. I appreciate you. Was that DJ Chart?
0: I, I told you, dude, I, you I, did. Saw, I saw it coming out of LSU. I said, this guy's going to
1: do anything. his first year, like, wow, look, Jimmy's making fun of me. <laughs> I
0: count or anything. I'm like, dude, I am telling you, this guy's a monster. So, that has to be your best you call did. in fantasy football ever. <laughs> right yeah, when he drafted God, him. I got so much flag for that for so long. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. But, yeah, you made I, a believer I out of me. it. Yep. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. I want to give a huge shout out to Fulton for jumping on the podcast. Uh, We will have him on again as well as some other members from our fantasy football league, which is called the Jazz Club. Uh, I think it's going to be a nice avenue for us as a group uh, to bring in some different fantasy football takes that are not just mine. Um, But I hope you guys enjoy this one. we got the Minnesota Vikings coming up next. We might have a familiar face on as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned.